0: chapter eighteen of making fate by pansy this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter eighteen isn't it fun the talk thus started interrupted the progress of the book for some time glyde being drawn out by questions from marjorie gave somewhat in detail her experiences of a year before and moved them all to laughter by her vivid account Marjorie added at its close, with some vehemence, that she also hated New Year's calls, and hoped that her mother would not consider it necessary that they should be victimized this year. "'Well, now,' said Mr. Maxwell, "'my experience differs from yours. I like the old-time custom well carried out. Provided I can have the arranging of my programme, I do not know any other day which I enjoy better than the first one of the year.' do you always make calls asked glyde and her tone expressed surprise always he said smiling may i know why you put that exclamation point into your voice glyde laughed and blushed i did not know there was an exclamation point in it she said but i confess that i felt surprised you did not impress me like the kind of man who makes new year's calls They could not help laughing over this, and Mr. Maxwell declared his inability to decide whether he had been complimented or otherwise. Then he said, "'I wonder if I could not secure some allies for my calls this year. I do not know many people in this region, and my enjoyment will be limited, I fear, unless I can take friends with me. How would it do for you three ladies to depart from your usual custom and make calls with me?' glyde's eyes opened wide why mr maxwell ladies do not make new year's calls do they yes indeed i have had the pleasure of taking ladies with me on several occasions you see the calls which i plan are not of the conventional order we take our refreshments with us even to the coffee miss douglas though i own that sometimes the ladies have to pour it oh said glyde Her eyes growing bright, I begin to understand. You call upon poor people, those who have no pleasant holiday save the part you bring them. Is that it? Must not that be lovely, Marjorie? Oh, I wish I could do it. I would like to go and call on some of those girls I saw in that meeting in New York and take them some pretty things and have some good talks with them. New York is too far away, said Mr. Maxwell. Will not some girls in your own town do? In short, for the next half-hour the book was practically abandoned, while they discussed with steady growing interest this new plan. By the time they were ready to return to the story, it had been decided that the three ladies should give themselves up for the entire New Year afternoon to Mr. Maxwell's directions and guidance. It was evident that he knew how to guide them to glyde's exclamation that there were no people in her own town like the girls she meant he had replied that if a town having ten or twelve thousand people in it could be found who would not be the better for the sort of calls he was planning then that town must be ready for the millennium after which he had instanced so many of whom even mrs edmonds had never heard that she frankly admitted his superior knowledge in certain lines at least Of the town where she had spent twenty years of her life and he not so many weeks new year's day dawned in glorious beauty and was welcomed by glyde douglas for the first time since her childhood with a certain gleefulness her father not being so well as usual this winter had determined weeks before this not to receive his old acquaintances and glyde was therefore at liberty the girls who had been invited to join some new friends of theirs the mcallisters and were expecting an especially exciting day had time only to question glyde a little as to her plans and to exclaim over the oddity of it all and over marjorie's willingness to do anything out of the common order however pokey it might be but mrs douglas entered with some zest into the preparations the douglas family were it is true what they called poor but they were ready to make unlimited cake and sandwiches for almost any occasion so glyde's basket was well stocked and it was with very bright eyes indeed that precisely at one o'clock she opened the front door of their home in response to mr maxwell's ring and found a handsome sleigh awaiting her with mrs edmonds in the back seat and marjorie holding the horses miss edmonds was good enough to manage my horses during several stops which we had to make explained mr maxwell as glyde wondered whether she was to have the honor of the back seat and therefore it became necessary to separate her from her mother i will leave you and she to decide who is to have the pleasure of sitting with mrs edmonds now glyde said marjorie would you be afraid to hold these animals while mr maxwell stops at the express office and the market and the confectioners and a dozen other places i never held horses said glyde her eyes dancing but i think i could then that settles it i shall keep my place and lend my mother to you because mr maxwell stops at these places or some other every few minutes and my mother's neck at least is too precious to admit of any aid from novices i have held horses before and i rather enjoy holding these there was a sparkle in her eyes which her mother had not seen for weeks she looked almost like her own bright self at that moment they were off like the wind in a few seconds more as they passed the mcallister home where there was a temporary lull from the stream of callers. Estelle Douglas, standing by the window, exclaimed Isn't that a splendid turnout? I declare, if that isn't Mrs. Edmond's lodger, and Marjorie sitting by his side as erect as a princess. I really do not know now but that is getting to be a flirtation. Somebody ought to warn Ralph Bramlett. He is so busy nowadays, poor fellow, that he doesn't have time to look after her, and he doesn't drive such horses as those either entirely oblivious of the eager tongues which thus started were used for some time in discussing their affairs the sleighing party went merrily on its way mrs edmonds was right in thinking that her daughter seemed more like herself but she would have been almost sad over it perhaps had she understood how much effort of will there was about the matter these holiday seasons were times of trial to marjorie such as it would have been hardly possible for one not in full sympathy with her to appreciate christmas and new year's days and all the days between had been so distinctly associated with ralph bramlett as far back as her memory reached that to arrive at such a season with all association entirely cut off had about it an element of bewilderment christmas day had been more endurable because she had learned incidentally that ralph had been suddenly sent away on important business for his firm two days before the holiday season opened but he had returned and the same busy agents who are sure in towns of this size or indeed of almost any size to report in certain sets the doing of others informed her that he intended to make calls as usual it was this fact more than any other which had made marjorie set her face like a flint against keeping open house on that day ralph would not call of course it would be almost insulting in him after ignoring her for so long to come on a day when any one who had a bowing acquaintance with her was at liberty to call nor could she decide to sit smiling and talking with other young men knowing that ralph was smiling and talking with perhaps estelle Douglas at the moment making it apparent at last to everybody that he was not on calling terms with her this might be avoided at least a little longer by letting it be distinctly known that their home was not open to guests on new year's day this she had caused to be made known her next decision had been that she would not sit moping at home for her mother's sake she would rouse herself and do something to make the day pass brightly because her heart ached was no reason why she should selfishly condemn her mother to loneliness and silence therefore she had received mr maxwell's proposition with interest and entered into it with a stern determination to be herself in every respect so far as outward appearance went she succeeded remarkably well The clear frosty air was exhilarating, and Marjorie, always fond of horses, liked to whirl along the streets holding these splendid specimens in with skillful hands. Not a little to her surprise, she also enjoyed the call which they presently made. It was upon a teacher, old and worn, who, with his old bent wife, occupied two rooms in a large boarding house, and did what they meekly called light housekeeping mr maxwell it appeared knew that their housekeeping was very light indeed that their suppers consisted often of crackers and tea and their breakfasts of bread without butter and tea because they had oh such a tiny income to depend upon and when illness or accident or the utter giving away of some long mended article of clothing necessitated an extra expenditure the butterless bread and the very weak tea followed as a matter of dollars and cents until they could make up the extra sum think what it must have been to set out the little round table for such a couple and laid it with such luxuries as turkey and cranberry sauce and delicious home-made bread and butter which smelled of june roses and pie and cake and cheese and fragrant tea and many another dainty the like of which the old teacher and his old wife had not seen for many a day not only a dinner for this new year's day but enough to crowd the meek little cupboard in the corner with dainties to last them well into the month it was such a delight as even mrs edmonds had never before experienced then what a rare pleasure it was to hear this old couple talk glyde douglas watched and listened to them almost with awe how old they were how white were their hairs yet they were refined and cultivated and sweet and bright the old professor greeted mr maxwell like some beloved pupil of his earlier days called him my dear boy yet talked with him about the latest deliverances in science and the recent paper on anthropology with the keen relish of a man who kept in touch with the present and knew that his views would be treated with respect and the little bent woman with her white satin hair and her dimming eyes and her years fast hastening toward fourscore had yet her eager interests had they heard the latest news from our mission in syria and wasn't it blessed that in that land of all others the name above every name was beginning to draw the people glyde listening to her learned more about the progress of the cause of christ in that far-away portion of the earth than she had ever known before while they listened they worked she and marjorie making everything ready for the feast which the two were to have when they were gone putting away the extra packages of tea sugar and other extras which mr maxwell had marked for them isn't it fun whispered glyde while mr maxwell replied with respectful courtesy to the old professor and mrs edmonds listened thoughtfully and interestedly to what the little wife was telling her isn't it fun and isn't it grand in him to think of such fun as this and marjorie her eyes bright with real interest acknowledged that it was when all was ready they gathered round the fire which mr maxwell had replenished royally for he knew that a coal wagon was following in his train and kneeling the old man prayed such a prayer as the patriarch jacob might have made leaning on his staff only this jacob never would have said few and evil have my days been his heart seemed overflowing with gratitude and good cheer and the little old wife suddenly reached forth a trembling hand and placed it tenderly on the head of marjorie who was kneeling nearest her and whispered low bless the child even with a father's blessing did her sweet fading blue eyes discern by the light of another world than this that marjorie was in special need of a blessing this is the nicest time i ever had said glyde when they had shaken hands all around and were in the sleigh again mr maxwell i do not in the least wonder that you like to make new year calls if this is a specimen of your kind but they were not all like this the fourth call was in quite another part of the town where the factory tenement houses were mr maxwell knocked twice tried the door then said i think they must all be away from home but at that moment a little curly head appeared at the window and a piping voice called out we're locked in look up high and you'll see the key sure enough dangling above their heads was a small key attached to a string mr maxwell reached for it opened the door and entered with his party a small room with a bed in one corner an old table in another a broken stove where was no fire and children everywhere, five of them. The oldest, who had given directions about the door, stood and stared curiously at her visitors. The others ran and hid behind the rickety table and the broken chair. "'Well, Marietta,' said Mr. Maxwell cheerily, "'are you housekeeper and nurse to-day, as usual? Where is your mother? I thought she would be at home. Isn't this a holiday at the mill?' yes sir but mamma went to wash for Miss wheelock she broke her leg and can't wash and she promised ma some old clothes and a bag of meal if she would come and ma says she's got to do extra work to pay for the doctor's bill and things when jimmy was sick the idea said mrs edmonds a mother with five little children leaving them home alone and going out to wash on new year's day at that said mr maxwell this is her extra you understand a sort of holiday entertainment on ordinary days she works in the mill from six in the morning until six at night this little girl is the woman in charge during her mother's absence was she afraid to let you have a fire marietta yes sir the stove is broke so she thought it wouldn't be safe the baby he tears around the stove and jimmy ain't much better besides we ain't got much coal we are going to have a fire when mother gets home and some potatoes we ain't had our dinner yet the ladies exclaimed over this such a condition of things was a revelation to them but mr maxwell seemed to have heard of such before this family belongs to the class that we occasionally hear of he said to mrs edmonds called the deserving poor the mother is a widow her husband was killed last fall by an accident at the mills and she is trying to support her five children and pay doctor's bills and funeral expenses i am at a loss whether to give the children their treat or set the basket out of their reach somewhere and let the mother have the pleasure of ministering to them herself what do you think it was glyde who answered all her heart in her eyes oh mr maxwell i know how to plan it couldn't you let me stay and clear up this room a little and put the children in order and set the table and make things a little bit homelike for the mother's coming i should like to do it ever so much i have some toys and picture books for the children and some fresh aprons i could make them look so nice in their mother's eyes and you could call for me on your return could you not mr maxwell's eyes were almost as bright as the girl's i could certainly he said if you are sure you want to be left here it is a dreary sort of a place for a young lady mrs edmonds what do you advise why if there could be a fire said that lady doubtfully and glyde is willing of course it would be a beautiful thing to do but i should not like to have her stay in the cold oh there must be a fire he said gaily i will manage that part if miss douglas will engage to keep jimmy and the baby away from the stove marietta where do you keep your coal i'm going to make a fire and this lady will stay awhile and help you watch it tell your mother that the coal closet will be filled to the brim before night as he spoke he threw off the heavy cape of his overcoat and set to work about the old stove with such skill that in a very few minutes a brisk fire was crackling, and the children, whose noses were blue with cold, despite the sunshine from the one window which the mother had counted upon for warming them, began to creep out from their hiding-places and crow and gurgle over the sense of cheer and warmth. She really enjoyed the thought of staying to help them, Mrs. Edmonds said of Glyde, as the sleigh sped away without her, did you see how bright her face was over the thought of the changes she could make it was a beautiful thing to do some girls would not have been willing to sacrifice themselves in that way glyde is very fond of sleigh-riding too and gets extremely little of it her two elder sisters have all the extras in that home she can make changes said mr maxwell i have a sufficiently vivid imagination to be able to foresee what a difference a little soap and water will make there to say nothing of a few aprons i think she spoke of aprons it is fascinating work i confess i do not wonder that it caught her nevertheless it is true as you say that some young women would not have been so caught do you remember that miss douglas told us the other night THAT THE BEST THING SHE HAD BROUGHT AWAY FROM NEW YORK WAS A MORE INTIMATE ACQUAINTANCE WITH JESUS CHRIST? I WAS STRUCK WITH HER WORDS. SHE SHOWS MARKS OF THE INTIMACY. Marjorie SAID NO WORD. IN HER HEART SHE WONDERED WHY GLIDE HAD DONE THIS THING. THERE WAS NOT DIRE NECESSITY FOR IT. THE CHILDREN WERE AS WELL OFF AS THEY WERE ON MOST DAYS PROBABLY, AND WOULD BE AGAIN. SHE COULD NOT HAVE DONE IT not that she wanted to ride or cared for the ride she simply could not have brought herself to the effort once she could but not now she did not want anything was her heart dead so that she cared not for her own pleasure nor for the comfort of others if she had that intimate acquaintance of which mr maxwell spoke would it make a difference with her End of chapter 18